Welcome to episode 249 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. We have a fun show. I talk once again uh, with Joe Newhart at Pinball Star, and we talk about the new pinball company, uh, Team Pinball, over in the UK, which is making the Mafia game. Now, Joe hit me up and said, hey, Chris, would you like to have sort of like an exclusive conversation around this new game? And I told Joe, I was like, well, I know about the game. And I had been in contact with the people making the game uh, probably around eight months ago. I signed an NDA and they wanted to ask me some questions about marketing. So I want to talk a little bit about the game itself, what you see out there in the world, and and just your feedback too. Because I was curious to read what people would write on Pinside after this game was revealed. Um, so, But when you listen to the interview with Joe, we recorded it probably I think on Wednesday night uh, and we knew that the news was going to break on Saturday so this is it's we're going back in time just a little bit so you're gonna but I want you to see it so I because I hate I hate describing a pinball machine on a podcast so here's the thing and, and this is like if we we're to look at the pinball marketplace um, it is going to be tough to sell a $7,500 single level pinball machine that is a original IP that is being marketed as a family friendly mafia game. All right. So I think that is just, let's just get that out of the way. It is really hard to release a game that is being priced the same as a Stern Premium. That is $2,000 more expensive than a Stern Pro. Uh, you know, and, and look, when we look at what you get now in the Stern Pro price point, it's a lot. Like the, You're getting a lot for your money. So when you look at how can you justify $7,500 for a pinball machine, there's a few things, right? So there's limited availability. So they are making a hundred of them. Okay, so you've got that. You also are, when you limit the number you're gonna make, obviously that drives the cost of parts up. So that's why we're getting to 7,500. So then you're really banking on this game uh, being for collectors and something that will be somewhat exclusive to own and a collector would want. Now, now, so let's just like let that sink in that that is their marketing strategy. Now, you if you listen to the show, you know that I work in marketing for a living. And when I was talking to them about marketing the game or when they came to me and asked them how, how could they, you know, market this thing. Um, the, here's, here's the thing that I always sort of just, I, I scratch my head. Because marketing and, and making a pinball machine and, and launching a new pinball company, uh, marketing is is critical. It's critical to any business succeeding or failing because marketing will tell you uh, certain things like what people want, what they're willing to spend, and what you need to do to then make a good or a service that fulfills that within the market, right? And the market will absorb it or the market will ignore it, right? So now I, for the life of me, for the life of me, it's really hard when you make an original IP theme because the first question I would ask is, well, what market research did you do to come up with the theme for this game? So that's that's one question I would love to ask. Um, you know, the mafia. Is there a demand for the mafia? Um, I don't know, you know, what market research would lead you to go there? All right. It is a, it, you know, Al Capone. It's a fun time uh, in American history when gangsters were running Chicago and all that stuff. Um, 
you know, and when you look at the movies that you list uh, around the, the mafia, they're not really family friendly. Like Scarface and and Goodfellas and you know uh, Godfather, there is nothing about those movies that is like, hey, let's get the family together and watch them. So it's kind of it's 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 really interesting marketing decision to make a family friendly version of an adult theme like the mafia. Okay, but look, look, it's okay. All right, like we, that's the theme they chose. Um, so then you then you get to the point of all right. So we have this theme. We have a single level game. What can we then charge for a single level game? And what do we have going on in the world that could show us what people would expect for this kind of game? Right. So I think Total Nuclear Annihilation is as close as you're going to get. That and Woe Nelly are the two games that if you look at in the last five years, single level releases that have been put out into the world. And both of those games, I believe, were cheaper than $7,500. I have to, I, I, I think Woe Nelly was 7000 But remember, Woe Nelly was very highly stylized. You had the crates as the legs for the machine. It was really like this unique, sort of quirky, like work of art that they were putting into the game. Um, and Total Nuclear Annihilation is a little bit of, a, of an oddball, like super fun game that people did not see coming. But it's got this sort of like hip, cool sort of retro vibe and you know the light show and the music like there's something about total nuclear annihilation that just wowed people like they saw it at shows and people wanted the game to be made and scott was able to like blow people away with just the white wood of the game all right and so then he got an art package by matt andrews and the game is selling well um but when i look at the video of the mafia eh, it doesn't seem to be anywhere near of like the wow factor of total nuclear annihilation now here's the problem total nuclear annihilation is six thousand dollars so how do you price your game more expensive than tna and yet seemingly deliver less and look the problem is this too in pinball market this is just in general there's just so many games out there and there's only so much room and money people are willing to invest in a pinball machine and so then you can even look at it like, well, if I just want a EM-like experience, sort of like a single-level game experience, most single-level games you can go get for like $2,000, like in good condition. So you're, you're asking for 5500 more than that kind of game um, that's that kind of layout in pinball. And so you add all that up. You add all that up. And you have to wonder, you know, what market research led them to say, if we're going to get into the pinball game, this is what we're going to do to be successful and, and, and make a successful pinball company happen, right? Now, look, they're only going to make 100, so they have to just find 100 buyers. I don't know if there will be 100 buyers of this machine. I don't think this is a take my money now. Um, only 35 are coming over to the States um, I just really think at this price point in this pinball climate and you put a game that's a single level game, uh, re regardless of what the theme is, you put any single level game up against the same price of, of an Iron Maiden premium, of, ev of a Star Wars premium, of a, of, a, of a Batman, you can almost get a Batman's you know, 66, you could for just a little bit more. Um, I, you could you see here's the problem for seventy five hundred dollars you can go get a Hobbit 
like a beautiful mint hobbit. You can go get a beautiful Wizard of Oz. You can go get a dialed in. You can go get a dialed in machine for $7,500, which is fully featured. Pat Lawler, design. I don't even have to see You know this. If you, if you listen to this show, you know this. And then it just really starts to beg the question, you know, do we need more pinball? Um, and there, there is, to me, and I've said this, I said this on my show, and I believe in this. And by the way, this is not the mystery game I've been talking about. I was actually looking at a little bit of the, the artwork on the mystery game I know about, and it just has me excited. I hope it comes out. I'm never 100% sure with any of this stuff. Um, but, you know, this game is really just, you know, it's, it's trying to justify the price with the, the, the exclusivity of it. Um, I, I'm starting to just get to the point, and I've said this on the show, you can make a boutique pinball company successful, but you need the game to give people what they want, right? You can't make the game you want to make and hope people will buy it. When you show your pinball machine to the world in 2018, if people aren't saying, take my money now, something has gone wrong. And there is no need for more pinball in the world. I just don't think um, we're at a shortage of options of where to buy pinball machines these days, right? I mean, we've seen some boutique companies fail, but there are a heck of a lot of games that you could go buy, whether they're new in box or whether they're used games that collectors are trying to move on to the next buyer. Um, there's so much out there that you can get for $7,500. The part that I think is not being satiated, because here's the thing, when I see the word that this game is being made for collectors, I'm like, collectors don't want just another game. They want something that is a work of art that is super special, that is a really unique pinball experience. And I think if you go down a checklist of, you know, is the artwork on this machine good enough that a collector is gonna be like, wow, like blown away. Yeah, you know, art is subjective, but it's got more of that campy, like Cactus Canyon kind of cartoonish style. It's definitely not like a blow you away, like a, like a Zombie Eddie art package on this thing or, or a Christopher Franchi art package, right? Or a Dirty Donnie art package. Like it, it doesn't raise the bar there in art. It doesn't raise the bar in terms of gameplay. It doesn't, you'd be hard pressed to tell me like which bar is this raising right which what is what is this bringing to the pinball market that is enough um to have money go that way so the the mystery game that i know about um you know it needs to raise bars it needs to make things really awesome it needs to make you go holy shit i need to have this game because of how cool it is it, it needs to visually knock you away it needs to be a damn good game and it needs to like you know, it, it just needs to be like so unique that a collector would want it. So that if they're only like 25 or only 50, um, I don't think people who buy them are going to trade them because they're going to want to hold on to them. And I just think, you know, this game is this game. The mafia is being aimed at collectors. Uh, but I, again, I think you have to really market to collectors the right way and give them something truly, truly magical. Um, now I do it. Look, I do applaud them for making a pinball machine without taking anyone's money, without doing any bullshit tactics. These guys did it. And you look and look, and people will buy this machine. I mean, don't get me wrong. 
don't get me wrong. People will buy this machine. Um, I bet they'll sell the first 10. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see how well the other 90 do and if they get 90 orders for this machine. Um, it's probably not there's like never a good time to come out with a new pinball machine with, with so much competition, um, but we'll see how they do. And again, I just, ha I think we do uh, offer, you know, the three people who are involved with this project, uh, a congratulations on just getting it done. We know it's hard to make pinball machines. Um, it's, you know, it's going to be a hard sell in this climate. I think we're being fair. I think all the things I've talked about on this show are, are being fair. I'm not, I'm not trying to just be in like a nasty jerk about stuff, but I just, I think this show, uh, is, is an unfiltered, honest dialogue about pinball. And I still think that, um, pinball marketing, especially when you're a boutique is so important. See, it doesn't matter to Stern. It doesn't matter that Stern doesn't bring Deadpool to Comic-Con. Right, you you think like, well, marketing 101 is how come Stern's not bringing Deadpool to the biggest comic book convention out there? Like, that's a stupid marketing mistake. And then I slap myself in the face and I say, it doesn't matter because Stern has 95% of the pinball market. So it doesn't matter what they do. They don't really have to market their games. Um, all they have to do is make good pinball machines and they are going to sell a ton of them. And they're the only ones who can manufacture at the level they do. And they have the best theme like Stern's got everything going for it. Like they, they do marketing right. You know why? Because they make themes that people want. That is the most important thing. And they deliver a game that people want. If they didn't, if, if they didn't do that, they'd be out of business, right? This is an Oktoberfest, which I think is like the worst marketing theme that is probably going to happen because, you know, the, the guys over American Pinball, they, they, they don't want to take the free advice. They don't want to listen. They're like, they're probably making Oktoberfest. And there is absolutely zero market research that shows that Oktoberfest is a game people want. And hey, here's the thing, American Pinball. If you are actually considering game number two to be Oktoberfest, why don't you just start a free poll on Pinside? Would you buy Oktoberfest? Or would you like to see one of the following themes be made into a pinball machine? Why not do the market research for free? Because the problem with these new companies is they think the art of the surprise and the reveal is, is really what drives the hype. No, you could, people could still know what theme is coming, but they don't have any idea like what the game is going to be. Like I could tell you I'm making, I'm making the Ten Commandments pinball, or I'm making, you know, I'm making Noah's Ark, or I'm making... Uh, I'm just trying to go down like Gladiator. You know, I, I don't know. Like I'm making a pinball machine based on this. It, it, it's, so what? At least find out what people want. All right. All right. So without further ado, let me just air this interview with Joe. It's actually a really good conversation. We don't only talk about the Moffat. We do talk about uh, what's going on at Jersey Jack Pinball and where Pirates of the Caribbean is. Uh, I think you guys are going to hear some good news. And also Joe has one of the first... Thunderbirds. So we talk about what that game is like, and I think you're going to be surprised by what you hear during that dialogue. All right, everyone, Joe Newhart from Pinball Star. Hope you had a great weekend. I just got back from Nashville from a bachelor party, and I am destroyed. But what an amazingly fun city Nashville was. I had such an awesome time. Everyone, enjoy, play your pinball, and buy the games that you want, and let's hope everyone makes games that are worth owning. See you later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome back to the show my last guest, who's now returning again quickly, Joe Newhart from Pinball Star. And Joe, you reached out to me tonight, and tell my listeners the reason why you reached out. 
Well, because uh, we did want to uh, allow you to be the first one to share some really cool information about a brand new pinball company and a brand new pinball machine that Pinball Star will be the exclusive distributors in the USA for. Um, Company name is Team Pinball. They're based in the United Kingdom in England. And the title of the game is titled simply The Mafia. The Mafia. All right. And so this is the first time anyone's really hearing about this. And I know that I I was talking to these gentlemen who were working on this game. Now, for the listeners of the show, this isn't the mystery pin I've been alluding to. This is another pinball project that uh, I was somewhat aware of a few months ago. Now, Joe, tell us the background of, of who's making this game. Well, there's three individuals, hence the, uh, the company name Team Pinball. Um, there is uh, a wonderful lady named Otilia uh, and two gentlemen, uh, Janos and Romain. Uh, two of them are from Hungary. One is from France, and they currently reside right now in England. Um, my first uh, contact with them was maybe about a month and a half ago. And uh, they contacted me asking me if I'd have any interest in uh, discussing their project with them and um, had to sign an NDA, which is typical for these sort of things. And uh, before they would share any information with me about the project or the game or pictures or videos or any of that good stuff. Um, But Chris, I have to tell you, the first thing that piqued my interest and really got my mind in the right direction with this company is in their first email. I think they stated that they're just passionate pinball people. Uh, they started out on this project two years ago, um, primarily not necessarily to sell or make the game, but just out of their passion for pinball and to see if they can actually produce a pinball machine. Uh, when I signed the NDA, so we had some nice, you know, cordial conversations, basic stuff up front. And then uh, once I signed the NDA, you know, I didn't know what I was going to get. I didn't know if I was going to get, you know, a picture of a whitewood or, you know, foam board or, uh, you know, sketch drawings, you know, for this game. You know, so I wasn't expecting that much other than, you know, I was interested in the project. I wanted to learn a little bit about it before I I made a commitment to be a distributor. I, I try to be, you know, somewhat selective and I want to make sure that if I'm offering a product to my customers that, you know, I believe in it. I believe in the people behind it. And obviously in this day and age, I'm going to do my due diligence to make sure that the project will be a success, both financially and that the game, uh, you know, it's a good game, you know, uh, will work properly. Uh, it's built by people who know what they're doing, uh, built by people with ethics. And when I uh, signed the NDA and sent it back, my next email you know, it was pretty much opening Pandora's box, and I got a picture of 10, not one, not two, but 10 Mafia games lined up in a row, extremely professionally. Uh, I've got, I got pictures of photo shoots of games, different angles, playful pictures. Uh, shortly later, we got some very professionally done uh, teaser videos that show some information about the game and, uh, you know, the the you know, the gameplay a little bit. Um, so right then and there, I was like, you know, I, I think I emailed them back and said, how have you guys possibly gotten to this point and 
kept everything a secret and actually made not just one prototype game, but actually made 10 games that are now, you know, at this point going to go out to distributors around the world uh, for display and play and and obviously to let people experience them and purchase them. Um, And, uh, you know, literally I was blown away. I was blown away by what I saw having worked with other companies. No offense to any other companies, but even the big guys, you know, you you don't see this sort of – uh, finished product. Uh, they took no money from anybody. You know, this was all in the house. Um, you know, they, they did it on their own and, and, you know, the games look phenomenal. Um, I'm really impressed by it. And, and Joe, there's, when you talk about the origin of the guys who made this machine, they, they, there's also somewhere else that people may have seen them. Cause I saw Janos up on stage a few years ago. And do you want to tell us, do you know where they used to work and, and, and sort of what was the catalyst for them to go off and do their own thing? Well, they were a part of Highway Pinball and, uh, you know, doing mechanical engineering and doing programming. Um, you know, maybe you know a little bit more of their resume, uh, you know, and can share what you know since obviously we're, you know, we're both, uh, you know, fairly new to them. But, you uh, you know, they have not been a part of Highway Pinball for several years. They haven't been, I believe, a part of anything to do with Alien. Uh, I know they were instrumental in, you know, assisting the company get set up and the original uh, platform for the Highway games. But, uh, you know, they are experienced pinball people. These aren't just hobbyists that, you know, are working, you know, in their garage, so to speak. Um, you know, these are right. people that are, are talented and you know, have the technical expertise, um, you know, to put together a pinball machine. And, right. And, and they did. You know, right. They, and, and they they came to me, um, I actually have the date, it's February, I, which was a while ago. And, you know, they were asking me just some marketing questions about how to bring this game to market. And what, what impressed me about them, and, and we're just talking not even about the game, but about the individuals behind it was they really were looking at the pinball market and they were aware of how most boutiques were coming to market and how they were revealing early, how they were promising games to go into production. And these gentlemen decided to do the opposite. They decided to make the game, finish the game, and when you see the game, it'll be it'll be done. And and what they're going to do, and I think, Joe, with the 10 that they've built, their plan was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was to build 10... We call them prototypes, call them first, you know, the first run of the game and then give them to 10 distributors. It sounds like you might be the exclusive distributor. So I think they might have changed their strategy just a little bit. Um, walk us through. Are you are you going to be the sole distributor of the first 10 machines that are released into the wild? Not of the first 10. Uh, I will be the only distributor in the United States. Um, the number of games that uh, they'll be producing it's not finalized yet, so I'm not going to speak out of turn here, but it will be a minimum of 100. It may be limited to just 100, or they may leave the door open based on the response to do um, more numbers than that. Uh, that was something that you know we had discussed and, and talked about uh, strategy as far as you know what their plans are. Obviously, they want to continue to make games. They 
probably want to move on to game number two at some point. But uh, uh, as far as, you know, they really don't know what they will sell. So uh, at this point, the number of games is unknown. It certainly will be a very limited nature of boutique uh, number uh, could be as small as a hundred uh, of those um, going to be designated about uh, a third of the number of games for sale in the United States. They do have distributors set up uh, in other countries in Europe. And uh, I recently did get them associated with uh, Tommy from Nitro Pinball in Canada, good friend of mine and the distributor who I highly respect that I recommended to them. So for North America, Tommy's going to have Canada, I'm going to have the United States, and uh, we'll have a, a good percentage of the total number of games you know, here in North America to uh, to sell. Okay, so I can just hear the listeners of the show being like, tell us about the game, tell us about the game. Um, so let's go over some of the features of the game or just, just give people, and I know this is hard because we're, we're going to air this podcast sort of, I think, right after they reveal, right? This is not going to be... Right ahead of, so right. I, I will time and, and, it. <laughs> and, and both of our knowledge is going to be limited on this until they, you know, reveal the game and unpeel the layers of the onion as they wish. Uh, at this point, I've uh, seen teaser videos, uh, which doesn't necessarily give a full uh, gameplay uh, rule set type of interaction, um, and obviously many, you know pictures of the game right so let's give the the top level info on the game that we know and then people will probably be looking at it as they hopefully listen to this podcast so it's a single level game so we'll start there so um think total nuclear annihilation uh think whoa nelly so there are no ramps in the game it is single level um it has got very stylized cartoon artwork would you agree with that joe yes yeah. Sort of, sort of um, like Cactus Canyon. I, I was thinking of that. You when know, I, look at this. I I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, and you just hit the nail on the head. I was trying to think what the the artwork did remind me of, and it is exactly in. I, I don't want to say the vein of Cactus Canyon, but uh, it is it is similar. So that's that's a really good observation. That's I wouldn't have uh, thought of that myself. I, you know, kept looking at the artwork and thinking, man, that looks familiar. I was kind of thinking Kingpin or but it, right. it really wasn't that style. Uh, Cactus Canyon is probably a really good uh, approximation of the styling. Right. And which it, people will see by right. the time this podcast airs. Right. And it looks like there and there is a it looks like an L C D screen in the middle of the back box. It's sort Correct. of like a, a guy is holding up a newspaper. Newspaper. And, right. Yep. And the screen is there. Um, we've got three pop bumpers in the in the center, in the back of the play field. I'm not, I, it's like, I, I don't really want to go over like this. Like people will see it. Like it's, it, it's, 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 there's a captive ball. I'm just sort of, I'm going through the photos they sent me and, the, and these guys were smart. I'll tell you why these guys were smart. So I signed an NDA and I also get blamed for leaking every single game that ever leaks in the pinball hobby. Um, so they watermarked all of the images they sent me with my name across it all over the place. So I can't uh, to to protect their IP. So um, that was smart, um, even though I don't leak stuff as, as much as people accuse you, me of. You certainly don't, uh, because we just did our podcast segment about two weeks ago. You said, you know, obviously we chat for a little bit, you know, before and after we record. And uh, you said nothing to me. 
Um, I, I don't even know if at that point I was brought in yet. It could have been shortly after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, it was funny because I had been suggesting to them for about the last week and a half that a good part of their um, rollout, which they're going to do if you're airing this on Saturday the 21st, on Saturday the 21st they're going to have an event in, uh, in England uh, they're going to have Jonathan Justin from Pinball Magazine there and Martin Ayub from um, Pinball News. And they're going to be on hand to do, you know, the media stuff in the pinball world there. Um, and I was trying to tell them that it would be very important for not only to, you know, show the game, but also for them to, uh, because again, my big and biggest impression for positive impression was the people involved in the project as it seems you were as well. And I told them, I thought it would be very important, especially in this pinball market um, for people to understand who they are, why they're doing what they're doing, uh, how they got to where they're at. And obviously the best vehicle for that is a podcast. And, and obviously I'm going to think of you, Chris, uh, because you always seem to have the latest information and you're a friend. And I, I think you probably have the biggest listenership of most podcasts and you know they never told it's me all debatable who knows no one else no one else shares their numbers i'm not, people at least know <laughs> that there are some people listening um well look i th i think that's it's it's really you know interesting that this game is coming out now joe I, I as i was talking to these guys too so there's 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 a lot of questions i had of them when we were communicating in terms of how you bring this game to market so you know, I know their plan was to roughly get to the point where they could build 10 games a month. So if, if we're looking at a minimum of 100, I think they were looking at a maximum of maybe 200. I, again, like all this is just hypothetical, but I think they sure. wanted to get a sense of how to manage people's expectations. Um, and it's hard for them. And this is, this, this is true of any new pinball company. It's kind of almost impossible to know like what the demand will be on a new IP that doesn't have a built-in following, that is a new company. You know, it's it's a single-level game. I think the closest sort of market research they have might be to look at something like a TNA. Um, but again, they're radically different games. I think in terms of like the way TNA is using, you know, sound and like the, the, the tones of lights. And so different gameplay experience. And I, again, I haven't played... This game, have you? You haven't played it though, right? You've just seen no, videos, Joe. No. no, I was. I was actually hoping to maybe um, make the trip out to England um, on Saturday the twenty-first, if that is today when you're airing the podcast. We're talking a couple days prior here, um, but I have a family commitment that day. wasn't able to make it out, so I have not yet made a game. We we actually got very close to possibly having a game sent to me for replay effects, uh, which will be in Pittsburgh. We'll be there um, in Pittsburgh next week, the 26th to 29th, but I will not have a Mafia game there. Um, they weren't, they wanted to be, um, they wanted to be there, obviously with the short time frame and travel plans, they weren't able to do that. Um, that we also then did start talking about just sending the game over. Um, they were still finishing, putting some finishing touches on it and um, just felt more comfortable that, you know, they want to make sure all 10 of these games are, are perfect. They go through their reveal event and we're probably going to get, um, you know, a number of them sent out to us in the very near future or next few weeks, I hope. Right. 
Yeah, one of the things we were discussing, and and, and again, I, I I think they're at this stage where they're still trying to figure some of this stuff out. Was you know to get demand for a game, you know, obviously there's the the gameplay and people's experiences with the game. Um, do they limit how many they're going to make and tell people that up front, right? And we saw we saw that with Spooky Pinball, where when they made America's Most Haunted, uh, you know, Charlie wanted. He was at a point he was, you know, struggling to get demand. And once they said we're only going to make 150, then all of a sudden, right, people are running and they want to make sure they get one before the production run ends. So I am curious to see if if they do put a a cap or let people know we're 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 going to make just this amount. Um, but again, I think they're going to test the market when they reveal it. I think they're going to get feedback to to start to gauge demand on this game. Yeah, my my opinion was you know, leave your options open. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I, I don't really feel that, um, any of the conversations that I had with them, which again, very much impressed me, um, were, weren't really of a strategic financial, uh, part. It was more so gauging the market of the interest for the game and, and how many should they plan on make. And then, um, you know, rolling up their, their factory and, and, uh, they're planning to do X number of games. And, you know, we've, we've been sort of going back and forth with, you know, the hundred is a firm and, and, you know, possibly 200 or 250 if the demand is there. And again, you know, I just think it's more so, you know, after they reveal, uh, we'll see what the interest is. And, and obviously there'll be another wave of interest once, you know, at least in the U S when we get some games over here and, and I can get them out and, uh, to the shows and, and let people experience it. Um, so at this point, my opinion was, you know, leave the options open. Don't, you know, don't come out at the reveal with a hard set number that you can't change later. I I've seen spooky do that. And, you know, I don't want to say regret it, but on, you know, ending up realizing that they could have sold, you know, many more of a particular title, such as Rob Zombie when it was hot and America's most haunted after it, it kind of took off. So, you know, I, I think just leaving the door open, you know, whether it's a hundred or 200 or 250, it's still going to be a very limited game. Uh, it's still going to appeal to those people that like having one of a very small number of something. Right. And did they talk to you at all, Joe, about pricing? Yes. Uh, the, uh, and and I still have some legwork to do. Um, you know, we're chatting here on uh, Tuesday evening before the Saturday reveal, so I've got a few days uh, of work to do for me to determine shipping costs and uh, what that will cost, and and the number of games we hopefully will be getting in bunches, whether it be on you know in a container. I'm obviously going to partner with Tommy from Nitro, and uh, we'll, we'll you know get pull our shipments to to get the shipping costs lower so i don't as we speak right now don't have a firm handle on you know what the total price will be in the u.s because i have to factor in uh the shipping costs from england but uh the game will be uh believe estimated around 7500 um u.s right taking into account the conversion of uh right so let's talk, let's talk about that because I, I you know when I when I was talking to these guys and and like and Joe you 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 carry a lot of games I mean you've got a, a portfolio of games and you see where demand is at price and um, where do you just you've seen the game you know the price you know that there's a lot of options out there how hard do you think it is going to be to to sell a seventy five hundred dollar game you know 
considering we've now got isn't Thunderbirds like five thousand dollars? Thunderbirds is five. You've yes. got Stern Pros. I mean, this is price of a Stern Premium, right? Jersey Jack, eight thousand, right? Wait, what's a well, what's a pro on a Jersey Jacks around that, right? Seventy five hundred for a pro. Uh, 8500 8, on the standard, 9500 wow. on the it's expensive. LE. Right. So this sort of falls somewhere in that middle ground, right, of, 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 of games like, that are fully featured. Close close to Houdini, yes. So do you think it's going to be tough? Uh, I, th- I think, you know, that's hard for me to say. I'm, I'm going to hedge my bets here because uh, without – actually seeing the gameplay um you know we're getting a game that is going to have an lcd screen and um you know again not full featured and one level um but tna is doing an incredible success again the price point is a little bit lower um TNA, so is coming in, TNA is coming in around six to six five hundred, depending on how you option it out. Right? The add-on, add-ons, yeah. So most of them are between six and six thousand five hundred. So we will be a little bit above that. Right. Yeah, and 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 I told you know I I, I was when I was talking to these guys, I told them that you know I I do think um, it, it's going to be tough. I, where I think when you when you start to play with price, and again these guys they're very open, they're very honest. I, I really enjoy talking to them. Um, you know, it comes down to uh, volume, right? You you get the right. cost comes down when you can order more parts, and um, but then there's also the balancing act of exclusivity and rarity can also sort of equal sort of more demand. So I think they're it's going to be interesting. I think they'll learn a lot when they reveal. Um, look, ultimately, you know, ultimately the market will always set the the price of things. If if people are into something. And they're willing to pay it, the, and the market can absorb it. Um, you'll have a successful company if people look at it and say, "You know what? I I think I can get more." Then they'll have to figure out, you know, whether they you know lower the price or, or or figure something out. So I think that's just that's just economics 101, right? I mean, it's we'll see. And if we haven't we we have a lot of titles, and I was telling these guys. And I think they were struggling too because of like when to launch. Now, did they pick now, Joe, because they they feel that they do have a short window to manufacturing? Because I think that was one of their goals was they didn't want people to wait months and months to to get one if they ordered one. Uh, I think the timing was such that uh, you know, as it was explained to me again, I came in. Uh, towards the tail end, tail end here, um, is that they got their 10 games, the first run of the 10, totally finished. Um, they're, they're coded. They're happy with the games. They're testing them. Um, and they're confident in them. They didn't want to reveal, uh, you know, the games before they were ready to, you know, ship them. Uh, so, you know, these initial games are hopefully going to be shipping out, um, you know, within the next couple of weeks. And, hopefully hitting the shores of the U.S. in, in early August. And, and then I can start, you know, getting getting it exposed and, and having some parties or whatnot, um, right. you know, getting getting the games out uh, out there for people to play. I, I just think the timing uh, really just had a, you know, that they were comfortable that they finished the games right. and finished all 10 of them at the same level. Uh, and also are, are you know, starting the process of building the production facility to make number 11 
and 12 and 13. And uh, they are at that point too. Again, it, it is important to them not to have that. This isn't going to be some, you know, pre-order with no game and a few prototypes. You know, there are, you know, 10 prototypes, which is significant for, you know, a company of this size to do that many up front. I mean, I represent larger companies and sometimes we only have five of a new title or uh, right at the beginning. Um, and then we wait a long time for production. And I think, uh, you know, I don't have an exact date, but I think we're going to be heading into production, you know, before the the Labor Day holiday hits here. Right. And I think they were, they were also talking to me about how a lot of the parts they're using for this game um, are, are parts that are available. So they're, they're not going to be stuck waiting for vendors or engineering issues. I, I think this, this stuff they're using is, is pretty bulletproof and proven. So um, it, it sounds like they're, they're biting off what they can chew when it comes to, to manufacturing the game. So speaking, and we're going to learn more on Saturday and, and, and Joe, I, I appreciate, you know, sort of like coming on and, and talking about this and, and, and letting people know that you're going to be the one to go to um, if there's interest in the title in the United States. Speaking of new titles and, and, and I've been getting spammed. No, I, I'm joking, but I've been getting the, the pinball star emails every day <laughs> of, of stuff happening. And, and one of them, and you are in possession now because I know we, we haven't really talked much about, about Thunderbirds, but talk to me about Thunderbirds. Like, so have you unboxed it? Have you played it? Like what, yes. what, what, Give me, I mean, I'm asking the sales guy to give me his opinion. I know I'm going to get a positive answer, but what? Well, what's it like yeah, you, for five well, K? Always, you always are, uh, and and that's. I, I think if you talk to me and my customers that know me, I had a conversation. I, I'm going to j- just answer that, you know, real quick. Um, I had a conversation with a new customer today. I spent about an hour with him on the phone, and he asked me. He was very knowledgeable as uh, a pinball guy and, and venturing into his first barcade location and was asking me which titles would do good or bad. And uh, there were things that I had negative to say about possibly the mix of the titles that he would have and, and obviously ones that I would say good things about. You know, it's hard for me because, I, you know, I'm a collector. I, I'm, I've been in this hobby 20 years. I, I've been you know, involved with pinball and arcade and, and vintage ar- arcade stuff, uh, you know, well before uh, Pinball Star, the business even existed. So I love all this shit, you know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard for me to say this isn't any good or I don't like this. I'm, I'm always going to be, you know, uh, that kid in the arcade that just loves playing games. So um, and I'll give you my honest uh, opinion of Thunderbirds. I picked up Thunderbirds. Uh, because not being a Stern distributor, I felt I, one thing I really enjoy doing and has really helped my business grow is cross-marketing um, titles and developing relationships with customers, looking beyond that just one sale, uh, providing really good service to them after the sale, being there if they have a question or a service issue, um, and kind of becoming friends with my customers and, and, uh, and, and you know, legitimately you know, it, it, being interested in, in their collections and what they right. enjoy and just, you know, just what normal people in the hobby would do. And, um, you know, that helps me develop relationships with people uh, beyond just one sale. And I, I looked at Thunderbirds when I got approached by them. Obviously, I had some apprehensions because of the uh, the overseas situation. And uh, I did my research. Uh, I talked to people that 
were familiar with the game, that have played the game, that were familiar with Mike, the owner, that were familiar with home pin that had visited the factory. And, um, you know, I'm not going to start selling something to my customers that I don't have confidence in. Um, but I'll be honest with you up front. It was really a $5,000 game. It was the price point that was the interest for me as a business person, because I thought this would fill the void where my lowest price games are the spooky games in the six to 6,500. Then I have Houdini at seven and you move up from there. And I didn't really have the Stern pro, uh, pricing level. Uh, and I thought, you know, that would be good to bring those people into the fold, uh, me to develop relationships with them. Um, and I have, and I was very, very conservative. Like when, when I, when Jersey Jack comes out with a game, I'm, I'm buying a hundred of them. I mean, that's my allotment. I do that, um, because I do sell a lot of Jersey Jack games and I move them, uh, over time. And also, you know, it's, I also have to put deposits down like everybody else does. And it is a financial strain. A lot of distributors won't buy that many. Uh, but also what that does for me then is it gives me the advantage that when the game starts shipping, I'm getting really big allotments, uh, every month to satisfy my customers, um, you know, quicker and sooner than other distributors can that are only buying, you know, 10 or, or five or 15 or whatever. Sure. Um, so with home pin, I looked at it as, you know, a, a, a price point game. Um, I knew the theme. I, I obviously am aware that Thunderbirds isn't extremely huge in the U.S. Uh, it's extremely huge in uh, England and Australia and has been a staple there from since the 1960s. Um, and so how I, did you order? I, well, I, I started with five. <laughs> I started with five, okay. you know, and I told them right up front, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to be conservative and see what the market bears for this. And, and a lot of this experience, I mean, we're going to be able to dovetail this, uh, with Thunderbirds to some of the decisions and my excitement about team pinball and the, the mafia game, because I did get an incredibly positive reaction from Thunderbirds. So I, I purchased five initially. I've since increased my orders of varying numbers three different times. Uh, I've have, you, probably... have you sold all five? So, so you, when do you expect the first? So you ha you got one, right? You didn't get a container yet, or have you? No, just 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 one. I okay. Just, I actually when, have when one. When are you the expecting one, shipment one? Uh, I I have a prototype game right now, and um, I'm expecting some of our initial production games, which they are manufacturing right now, uh, to hopefully start shipping within. I told late july into you know probably august at this point and then, then again we're going to have you know coming over the games are manufactured in china um so it's going to take four to six weeks for them to make their slow little trek over here uh so we're probably looking legitimately to get our first batch of games uh into the u.s it's going to be sometime early mid-fall um but you asked me about my impression um so when i you know when i signed up to sell Thunderbirds, it wasn't necessarily to sell a full-featured game and something that was going to blow people away. It was more to satisfy a price point, um, you know, for a certain customer base and or maybe locations. And when I got the game, Chris, I'm going to be totally honest with you. There is more stuff on that game, and the game is better built than other games that I've seen come to market. Uh, if you watch 
uh, HomePin's Facebook page. Uh, one impressive, you know, what people do and say a lot of times, or what their focus is, is usually a good indication of what they care about. Um, if you look at at HomePin's Facebook page and, and like their page and look at their post every couple days, um, there's never any sales posts. There's never any marketing stuff. There's no flashy pictures. A lot of it always centers around uh, the manufacturing of every single part in-house that goes into that game. Uh, the uh, you know the care that they take, the production facilities that they have, um, the the workers in the factory that are making the games. Um, uh, it, it's it's very. I can tell Mike, the owner, is very proud of the product. It's not necessarily, you know, uh, I don't want to say money or sales or hyping something. It's very much the technical side of here's a quality product that we're putting together. Here's tweaks. Here's you know he'll 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 post. Oh, we changed this because we felt this was better and very interesting. It's a very different approach than a lot of other companies do. Um, when introducing a game, you know, other companies will introduce a game and first thing they're going to go to is a, you know, uh, which is obvious, a, a video, a gameplay video, uh, flashy pictures, uh, you know, stuff like that. And not so much the nuts and bolts. Well, he's of building, the production yeah, I mean, well, he's built, he's building a whole company that's making every single part, which exactly, is unlike right. anyone else. Now, right now, Joe, you're on pin side, right? And you, you, you're an active member of the community. And you, I mean, we, we almost can't separate the, the pinball and and when we talk about the team pinball and the gentleman over there do you wish mike would have just not engaged in so much just like mud slinging at other companies and you know because and then we've roasted him on this show i mean i'm not pretending like we haven't because i always think when people should just let their products do the talking and not get involved in you know promoting your game by saying someone else's game is not good or your approach is better than this company's and we've seen that right there's like sometimes these people just go off the handle on pin side and do you wish mike would have just focused only on the game and because he said some like stuff like he doesn't care about selling in america he's just said other things that we won't repeat and all that you know has to hurt a you know people's ability to sell the, the product yeah, you know, Mike did post on Pinside in the Thunderbirds thread uh, about a a week or two weeks ago. Uh, he kind of dispelled that I don't want to sell to the U.S. Uh, statement and and that it was taken out of context. I don't exactly remember um, his spin on it. Whether it was you know the fact that the theme maybe wasn't necessarily going to appeal uh, in the U.S. or that um, which which is true. Uh, it's not something that's widely known uh, here in, in the United States or whether it was more so that he's thinking more globally versus just focusing only on the United States, which is different than all the companies that are domiciled here in the United States. But, you know, he did make sense. Um, I would encourage you to to, you know, maybe look back for that and get a little bit of an explanation. Um, when I first signed on, uh, I will say, too, that I have except for one or two emails, which I'll explain uh, briefly in a, in a minute, um, I deal with uh, Highway, H-I-G-H-W-A-Y Games, which is their master distributor out of Australia. It has nothing to do with the Highway Pinball in England. Um, but 
I don't deal directly with Mike in the factory. Uh, as any sales are all done worldwide or done through Highway Games, uh, his master distributor in Australia, and that's who I've been dealing with. So, right. uh, you know, this this stuff about Mike, the owner, and, and things that he said, I really wasn't that in tune to it. I, you know, my attention was brought, you know, to, to some of those things. Um, I will say this, I did... Uh, speak to people that know him personally and the impression i got from everybody is that it's maybe a generational thing and mike is somebody that's just going to say what's on his mind and doesn't really care what people think about him that sort of individual um and that he is really a caring and, and friendly person um and I did see that, even though I had no experience with him whatsoever. One of my customers that bought a game, um, unbeknownst to me, sent Mike. Uh, I think he just sent it to HomePin. He sent them an email uh, just stating, "Hey, listen, this is my first new inbox game. Uh, I really like the Thunderbirds theme. I'm very excited about it. And my son is involved with me in pinball, and he's really excited about the game. And we're really." looking forward and and just wanted to let you know that this is our first game and we're excited about it which was really cool um mike carboned me on his response back to this customer um i guess my customer mentioned his son's birthday or something and he actually had all the employees in the factory sign a card and they made i think a short little video and they took pictures of the card and signed it and said you know looking forward to getting you your first new inbox game and that's not something that i would have expected hearing what i had heard uh, but mike really took the time to individually do something special for this customer that he didn't know and honestly doesn't know me didn't have to do any special favor for me carving me on his reply because it was my customer and he thought that was the right thing to do and i was really impressed by it so uh you know i don't make any judgments on people um uh, until I deal with them on a personal level and, you know, the interactions that I've had with Mike as brief as they were, um, you know, thus far have impressed me. So, right. you know, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to rehash. I mean, for people who have heard the, uh, the older episodes, they can, they can, they can go listen to those. I think that, you know, my only advice I give everybody is let your products do the talking, focus right. on making your game as good as possible and never in the world of marketing, never make any any enemies just just you want you want as many buyers as possible that is the goal of every business it is not in any business's best interest um to do anything that turns people off um so i think what's interesting is if you're saying this game is full featured you know minus you know i think they need to get the display better than orange D dmds but again 5k is 5k and, and then there's there, you, you asked me about my impression of the game. Um, and you know, that was your, your question. I kind of got off track. It was a play uh, like the, the game is a lot of fun, I, and there's a lot of stuff going on with it. Uh, the music is kind of cool, uh, it draws you in, it's it kind of makes you, you know, I don't want to say like TNA that TNA kind of the music draws you in and gets you excited and gets you pumping. Uh, the music is is really cool. Um, it's a you know kind of a, a fast-paced uh you know i don't want to even say cartoonish but you know fast-paced uh you know action type music uh there's a lot of great call outs uh for the characters and you kind of learn as you play the game a little bit about the storyline of thunderbirds uh when i do any 
you know, marketing stuff or Facebook posts or an email blast about the game, I always put a little blurb about, you know, who are the Thunderbirds? And the Thunderbirds are, you know, five brothers that, uh, you know, put together this this team called International Rescue to save the world from, you know, again, a, a kind of an action figure type uh you know, type scenario. Um, and you know, the cowls to the game, um, you know, get you familiar with the characters and the theme of the game. But as far as the mechanical stuff on the game for $5,000, there is a ramp that raises and lowers there's drop target, uh, not drop targets, stand up targets under the ramp. When you complete the drop tar, the stand up targets under the ramp, the ramp will lower. When you shoot the ramp, uh, the ball can be diverted either to the left ramp, the left rail, or the right rail. When you go to the left rail, it'll lock a ball. Um, and I'm sorry, the right rail will lock the ball. There's a physical ball lock. And then at times, there's a um, when the ball gets diverted to the left rail, it takes it underneath the, the play field in a subway, takes it over to um, an area in the back corner that is a a pool like a swimming pool and when i first saw this i was like you got to be kidding me uh there's a little cover for the swimming pool that retracts back and then the ball raises out of the play field and gets dropped on one of the ramps um which crisscross with you know the ramp on the right side uh there are tr- uh, palm trees on the play field and they just shake they shake back and forth which is kind of cool uh there's a drill that's called the mole and uh again not being extremely familiar with the theme as yet i gotta watch some of the uh the cartoons and kind of get familiar with you know with the theme a little bit more but uh there's a drill and looking at it initially i thought it was just static but when you hit the captive ball under it uh several times the drill will actually lower and spin as if it's drilling something uh there's a swinging pendulum stand-up target on the right hand side something that you know we've seen in um Wood ra- uh, not wood rails, but like wedgehead games in the 1960s and uh, the pendulum, you know, swings left and right. And you have to try to time your shot to hit that. Uh, that's there. Uh, there's three pop bumpers. Uh, the game feels it's it's extremely uh, solid. It doesn't feel like a toy um, at that price point. Uh, nothing like it. I mean, you will find this game will feel like a Chicago gaming Jersey Jack, uh, you know, game when you play it. It's very solid. Um, nice artwork. I mean, I just, and, and this is no sales BS. I mean, I'm very, very impressed with it. It was right. more than what I expected. Look, you know, it, it sounds like it has more toys than, than Iron Maiden. Um, the thing, the thing is for 5k though, I mean, look, it's, it's hard for people, I think, to where games are going, where everything's heading towards 10k, 5k is gonna entice people to give it a whirl. I, I mean, it's just it, so you know. Well, you, I, you've the asked theme... me how many I've sold. Uh, I initially bought five, thinking, well, that's gonna last me a while. I'll, right. I'll, I'll sell a couple here and there. Um, I'm probably you know close to 20 or you know. Uh, plus at this point and and that is with me doing extremely limited marketing i think i've done two facebook posts maybe a post on Pinside when we first got appointed uh i have not had the game uh i have not had it in any shows there's been none yeah, of them it's crazy in the United, you sold 20 no one's the, played it <laughs> it's because the right. price it's price point it's it's yeah, and, well, and if you let the theme and you and the price is right what what's going to stop you it, 
it's three things, you know, because I, I am polling people when they buy and I ask what, what interests them in the game, being that, you know, none of us have played it yet. At that point, I didn't even have mine yet. Uh, and it's, it's evenly mixed. There's a, a segment of people that are familiar with Thunderbirds and like the theme and want a, um, something that uh, their kids are going to enjoy. And that's going to appeal to them. That's not scary to them or um, kind of, you know, is, is is cartoonish that they would like. And I hate to use the word cartoonish, but, you know, that's what the theme is. Um, I have a, a, probably a third of the people that blatantly stated at $5,000, how can I go wrong? And if I don't like it, I'll sell it. It's limited in nature, so there's always going to be a demand for it. And then there's a segment of people that they're the collectors, and they know that this game isn't going to be produced in mass quantities, and they want one of a very small number of something, and they realize that when they're not made anymore, then, you know, uh, it's either going to appreciate in value, or if they wanted to sell it, then they were not going to have a really hard time selling it. So it, that kind of surprised me. Uh, number one, I didn't expect to sell so many games before anyone's even played it, uh, which is a good indication of what's going to happen when you know I'll, I'll have uh, Thunderbirds at the Replay Effect show. I'm very interested to see the reaction from people there, um, but I think it's going to bode pretty well for it. I'm I'm impressed. Right. right. Joe, did you donate any money to the Dutch Pinball GoFundMe? Uh, no, no, I didn't they're, do that. Uh, they're they're about four hundred and uh, ninety nine thousand euros short of their goal. So yeah, it's not looking, you know, do you think they're going to recover I, after all this? Uh, you know, here's here's my spin on things. I, I was never much of a fan of. Um, you know, you know, I started this segment saying I love all pinball. Uh, I was never a huge fan of uh, highway pinball and their games. I, I just didn't like the look of the cabinets. Uh, I didn't like the slap on, you know, artwork on the side and but this the is rest Dutch of the black cabinet. No, I know, but I'm going to make a point here is oh, okay. I didn't really feel, I don't want to say disappointed because I know people lost money, but I didn't feel a loss uh, when highway wasn't around anymore i do feel a loss and i know i know you know you have you know issues with dutch and and you know some things that are going on now but um i i do think that they put a really good game out and with the big lebowski i think they were very creative with it um i and... love the big Lebowski. i mean I'm, I'm in the same boat as you i i have said this for the last couple of years on this show i think the big lebowski is probably the coolest world under glass theme integrated pinball machine we've we have received in 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 a long long time and i would own one if it weren't for all of the inability to just get the games to people yeah i i again sometimes sometimes the best um people that make games aren't the best business people sometimes the best contractor that can put a roof on the house isn't the best business person and uh everybody's got their skill set you know and it's difficult sometimes to get both of those together uh obviously we see that with some of the pinball failures um and then you look at companies like i'll use spooky as an example uh charlie 
has been from the beginning extremely conservative, um, always conscious of uh, his growth, always conscious of making sure that he can do what he says he's going to do. Uh, you take a look at uh, Jerry from Multimorphic, who, by the way, we're a distributor for Jerry now, too. Um, it, you know, Jerry's done the same thing. Jerry has uh, funded his own company and, you know, ended up getting all the pre orders out for the P3 platform, which is. You know, I keep using the word revolutionary uh, for what he does. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping and I see the same sort of thing with obviously home pin uh, making every single part in house for the game. Uh, they control everything and they're not going to have to uh, worry about vendor issues or or uh, time delays. And, and I kind of see the same uh, do it by your bootstraps mentality with the folks at Team Pinball. Um, so I. Right. You know, Dutch, you know, do I think it's a great thing? And, you know, it's not their GoFundMe. Obviously, there's some other people that are facilitating this, and I don't want to say it's good or bad. It's not my place. Uh, okay. You know, obviously, yeah. I, th I think we would love to see the company succeed. I think it's a great product, and um, I don't necessarily think that uh, anything with that failure was right. on purpose. If they, if they raise 500,000 euros... Uh, Canada will match it. I'll make that promise. Um, it, three questions, Joe, then I'll let you go. Um, one, when do we expect Pirates of the Caribbean to finally ship? Well, I just actually got some, uh, you know, some answers on that this week. So your, your question is timely. Uh, parts are at the factory. They are starting to build up the, um, uh, the line and uh, train the employees, basically meaning that, you know, they'll put uh, blank play fields on different stations and start to, uh, you know, decide what parts are going to be installed at each station and what employee is doing what. So right now they're in the process of building all that out and uh, working on that. And I'm, I'm hearing I talked to both. I talked to Jack this morning casually and i've talked to jen earlier this week and uh, both of them were indicating without giving me a date that you know it is weeks or a uh, short you know month or so uh before uh, pirates is actually on the production line being made now does that mean games will be in boxes in a couple of weeks probably not but you know i think we're looking around you know maybe labor day time frame for you know, games to start getting, you know, physically made. So we're, we're close. Um, there's a light at the end of that tunnel, which is really good. Right. Well, we're waiting for that cartwheel from Jack. It's been, I, I, it's almost a year to the day they revealed it. I, I, I it's kind of crazy. It's been this long, but, uh, you know, hopefully it's worth the wait. I think, I think a lot of people are expecting it to be. So another question I'm just curious on, this is just from a sales, a sales question. Did they ever, did they sell out of dialed-in collector's editions? Or do they I sell on 150? Or can I go get no, one today? No, no. I know you mentioned that on your last podcast. Uh, listened to it the other day, and, and uh, I thought to myself, I, I do believe there are a few left. I know there's not many. Uh, I actually did purchase one probably about 
two months ago for a customer that wanted one and I was able to secure another one after, you know, having sold out of my initial allotment. Um, but I think it's probably a handful of them that are left. Uh, if you're thinking that they only sold 60 of them, no, that's not the case. Well, uh, I wonder, Joe, did they make, and this is just a, a question to that question because I have one final question, but did they make all 150 or, or and then and then they got distributed? Is that how they did it? They did them all like in one run? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did them all in one run. But um, did they make 150? I, I honestly just don't know that answer. I'm not going to guess and misspeak. Um, but yes, they did them all and they will do all the collector's editions of the Pirates of the Caribbean in one shot as well. And they'll do the same thing they did. They basically didn't ship a game for three or four weeks and then shipped every single uh, customer that ordered their games in one shot. And the reason for that is they did not want people are paying $12,500. They wanted everybody to have the same experience at the same time. Uh, they didn't want somebody feeling that, you know, somebody else got their collector's edition game, you know, six weeks prior and they had to wait to the end of the line. So they basically didn't ship anything. They ex exclusively made the dialed in collector's edition. You know, I think it was probably October, uh, September, October of last year, and uh, and then they all shipped literally within the span of a week. Um, you know, they got them all out. Right. Final question. So we know you don't distribute Stern, and you sort of work with a lot of the other manufacturers. Have you had conversations about potentially distributing deep root machines as they are moving towards? Their 2019 plans? No, I haven't. Okay, just curious. No, I, I, no particular reason. Just I haven't been approached, and I haven't okay. approached them. I don't know that they're at that point. Sometimes companies don't want to, um, you know, get ahead of themselves, and you know, use Team Pinball as an example. Um, you know, they're ready to reveal their game and hopefully start to ship fairly soon, and. You know, they approached approached me just weeks ago. So uh, sometimes, you know, these things are done, not always at the last minute, but, uh, you know, they got to get their games made first and then they'll figure all that stuff out. I don't know what their approach is. Maybe they'll just sell direct. Who knows? Okay. Just, just thought I'd ask. So, Joe, thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure. Can I send you a tote bag? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything anything else you want to send me uh, <laughs> always a pleasure um it is interesting that you know we're, what's great is like there's just so much pinball to choose from i mean you know whether you like a game whether you don't like a game you know and i'm also just trying to learn you know look whatever floats your boat you've got everything from p3 to team pinballs mafia game now you've got thunderbirds you've got Pirates, you've got all the games from Stern, you've got Chicago Gaming Company stuff. Hey, it's, and you, do you it's just it's just exciting. I you know, right. I always use this phrase like when people complain about, you know, maybe they complain about the pricing of, of certain games or, you know, with any company and 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 all that. And and they forget, you know, you turn the clock back to 2007, 2008, and what did we have? We had CSI, we had greatest game ever. Uh, NBA. Well, that was amazing. NBA was a great game, wasn't it? I think this, but, this, the Stern artwork back in that era was the greatest pinball artwork the world has ever seen. Bar none. Oh, you know, it, it's, 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 it was ahead of its time, CSI art. Ahead of its time. <laughs> but
but but you know we have different things to complain about now we have right, you know much. we have We're too spoiled. much to complain about <laughs> there are too many companies too many different titles you know original themes licensed themes games that are five thousand games that are twelve thousand uh it's just it's just exciting and and you know i'm i'm thrilled to be a part of it i'm you know thr- thrilled to be you know in the circle of something that i love so much and and enjoy and meet so many great people and and stuff like that and yeah. and it's good stuff you know yeah. it's it, it there's there's yeah there's some negativity you get the j pops and and some of the other failures and stuff and i've been a part of some of those and lost money and and it sucks and it's disappointing but i think a lot of that stuff is past now and i think the companies whether they are new or existing are definitely handling uh the business side of things much much differently i could tell you right now i have no concerns of any company that i represent i represent and you represent cgc too right yes chicago game where is the next game (laughs) what is this what's happening it's it's really radio silence for us too so as much as you guys don't uh you know the public isn't seeing or hearing anything you know we're not getting much ourselves either um you know i can tell you confidently that i have been told by people that i trust that uh the hold off with the reveal in at texas uh was because they were continuing to add things to the game and that they did not want to show the game until they had all those new things that they were adding uh, finalized and perfect. Um, I haven't heard anything uh, about any issues or problems or programming or licenses or any of this other junk that people make up stories and say, well, this is probably what the issue is. Um, As far as I know, there's no issues other than they're trying to make the best game. And, And if anything, that Chicago Gaming has put their foot forward on the first two titles is when they come out with something, the game is bulletproof and I have zero service issues. Uh, the game plays flawlessly out of the box. Um, people end up, uh, you know, not having to contact me because they have to tweak little things. Uh, they're just very quality conscious. I've been to the factory numerous times um i could tell you that their systems in the factory even as far as building the game are very well thought out they're they're a very cerebral company in terms of um making the game it's not nothing is rushed so you know clearly i mean it's four months since tpf so they're not rushing it but you know what? It's it's an arbitrary date. They said, "Hey, we're going to yeah. announce in this date," and they didn't. It's they didn't hurt anybody. I mean, it, nobody paid any money. Uh, you know, nobody. Yeah, they didn't tell. Right. They didn't. They didn't tell anybody what the title is. I mean, everybody thinks they know what it is, and I think I know what it is. But I've never been told officially. You know that it's whatever. I hope it's just it like. Com- I hope it's just something completely. Like I hope they're like we just we decide to remake WWE LE. Why not? Fuck well, it. Well, the other the other thing I can tell you on a on a positive nature is, um, you know, somebody that I respect very much, uh, Doug Score, that was one of their VPs who was recently, um, you know, moved on and he's now employed by Stern. Um, but you know, Doug had told me, and and Doug is a you know, if there's a straight shooter in this business, it's Doug Score. Um, you know, Doug had told me um, that, you know the game 
and this is even when he was leaving and obviously leaving on very good terms, uh, you know, Chicago gaming and moving over to Stern just because it was an opportunity for him to do a little bit more. He, he very versed with uh, European markets from other positions that he's held in his career. And, and that's what he's going to be doing with Stern that appeal to him. But, um, you know, he told me, told me numerous times that uh, the game is amazing, that, they continue to add more things to it. And his exact words is when this game comes out, and this is even after he was hired by Stern, he said that this game is going to suck. Whatever this means, it's going to suck the oxygen out of the, out of the industry. So uh, supposedly it's going to blow people away what they've done. You know, uh, they raised the bar with Attack from Mars with the incredible topper uh, that they did with the game. Um, so whatever their next title is and whatever enhancements that they made to the game, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I will tell you that there were you were asking about timing um, over the last couple of weeks. I did have some discussions with them. I was really jonesing to get, you know, maybe one of the first prototypes if they were going to reveal before replay effects at the end of July. Uh, I was obviously jonesing to try to get one of the uh, prototypes, um, one of the first prototypes right. so I could take it to the show. And that was a real possibility up until probably just about a week ago. So they're close. You know, they wouldn't have strung me along or said, you know, it is a possibility if they were thinking they were still two months right. out from announcing the game. Well, so after hopefully this, we'll see something soon. Well, after this show, and I, look, and I think, too, like, you don't have to reveal at a show. There's something called the Internet, which shows way more people your product than any damn show. Uh, it is nice to have people hop on a game, though. Um, and actually experience it and give first-hand feedback. So we'll see, because if they miss replay effects, there's not, like, the next big thing is, like, kind of the expo time period, right? I mean, we kind of go into that, August is kind of like a dead month, August, September, because it's like, right. might might want to wait. I, I can't wait. I but, hope it's Monster Bash, and it's Monster Bash versus Monsters, and, like, Monster Bash, and, like, I would love to see those two titles go head-to-head, and I guess Deadpool's in there somewhere, but... No one really is that hyped for that right now for some reason. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up right now, Joe. Uh, Well, Joe, thank you for coming on the show. Um, Congratulations to the guys at Team Pinball. I know we moved away into some other topics, but um, it is no small feat to get a pinball machine built and made and Keep it a secret. Keep it a secret. Keep it a total secret. Isn't that amazing? it, It is amazing. And for those who say... They can't trust me. I I knew about it. You didn't know about it. And you know, I know my the other mystery game coming out. I think is going to be another fun game, and we'll suck oxygen out of this. All the oxygen is going to get sucked out of the the, the room. Um, but you know, it's 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 an it, as you said, it's an exciting time to be in the hobby. And I I think if we look at what's happened over the last five years, you know, we've had our failures, but we've also had. Uh, a, a lot new options to choose from and so if you're a hobbyist it's a lot more exciting to be in the pinball than arcade machines let's just be honest like arcade people live in the past pinball people you have a future and a present that is exciting so exciting times yeah, right, and i want to you know people interested in team pin, pinball uh you know check out uh our facebook page uh pinball star amusements uh you can uh shoot us an email at sales at pinballstar.com and also uh team pinball will be revealing their uh website and going live uh be just very simply www.teampinball.com 
Awesome. Thank you, Joe. All right, Chris. Thanks again, buddy. And I uh, wasn't expecting to talk, you, talk to you this much uh, this quickly after our last episode, but we had some cool stuff to share. And yeah. if, uh, if that comes up again, we'll, we'll let you know. You're going to be our guy. Thanks, man. All right, buddy. Bye-bye.